If you've ever experienced medical gaslighting, then listen up. On today's episode, my guest is going to answer the question, how can you find your voice to advocate for yourself when the doctors continually dismiss you, and especially when your life is in jeopardy? Linda Sidhu not only lost her physical voice due to the aftermath of thyroid cancer, she had to learn how to navigate being gaslighted by her doctors to literally save her own life. Linda has been a dear friend and business colleague of mine for several years. I've been following her journey with thyroid cancer, and when she shared publicly what happened to her, I knew right away that you need to hear her story. She is one of the most sweetest and giving people I know, but don't let her big smile fool you. This woman is tough as nails, and she fully embodies the Gratitude Builds Fortitude ethos. On the business side of the house, Linda is a list-building expert who helps coaches and course creators create irresistible personality quizzes that attract hundreds of new subscribers on autopilot, including mine. If you've taken my gratitude personality quiz, Linda was the one who helped me to create it. As a former top 10 pharmaceutical sales representative, Linda had extensive training in personality types, and she took the same methods that worked for selling products face-to-face and turn them into a personality quiz framework that converts views to leads at 70% and helps craft personalized marketing for her customers. She's been featured in the media in Forbes, as well as Cubicle to CEO, the Go-To Gal podcast, and the Art of Online Business with Rick Mulready. So let's hear Linda's story. Get ready to experience gratitude for every aspect of your life when you're facing health challenges, and in a way that you never thought possible. Welcome to Gratitude Builds Fortitude, the podcast where we optimize gratitude and mindset to create a healthy, thriving body. It's time to say no to that list of three things and yes to gratitude on your own terms. I'm your host, Holly Bertone. I'm a breast cancer and autoimmune survivor turned certified natural health coach. And my mission is to help you optimize gratitude and mindset so that you can transform your overall health and wellness because you deserve love, happiness, and laughter. Linda Sidhu, welcome to the Gratitude Builds Fortitude podcast. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. And I know I just shared the official introduction and all of the wonderful things that you're doing, but why don't you share with my community who you are, who you serve, and what you do? Absolutely. So I am Linda Sidhu. I am a quiz creator and personality expert, and I kind of got here because I focused on a passion that I love, which is personality like assessments. I absolutely loved, you know, learning more about myself, whether it was astrology, human design, the disc assessment. But back in the day, like remember those 17 magazines and taking the quiz. But what happened was when I got into dermatology sales, I sort of leapfrogged into the industry and I'd never called on physicians in my entire life. And they were a specialty. They were dermatologists. And so I was really nervous to, you know, ask for the business and tell them what to do because they were way smarter than I was. And they were probably using products that were tried and true. And maybe some of them actually did clinical testing on them. So who was I to actually come in and tell them to change their habit, right? Well, what happened was my pharmaceutical company actually got me certified in the DISC assessment. And so it was all things personality. I learned how to people read. Which, by the way, I love the DISC assessment. Yes, we could talk about that a little bit too. 
And you've done a really good job weaving it into your business and your community too. Uh, so it's kind of fun that when you see, you can do your business through the lens of DISC, it really makes sense. And so that's what I did. I would see my doctors through the lens of DISC and I would try to, you know, if they were a dominant doctor, I needed to be efficient with my time. I needed to give them options and I needed them to tell me where they would use my product. And then I would say, okay, use it there. And I'll check back in in a couple of weeks and see how it goes. And because I was leveraging my personality by building relationships and communicating in a way that felt good to me and the doctor, and then also by being aware of the different personalities and how to communicate to them, I ended up being top 10 sales rep like 10 years in a row. Wow. So I did really well. And when it came time to actually launch my own business after Liam, because I took some time off, stayed at home with Liam, and then he went to school. And so I launched my own business and I did a lead magnet with a personality quiz because it was the only thing that made sense to me. Like I could segment my email list and communicate in a way that feels good to me and them, then um, it would just be an easier way to offer up the sale. Everybody would feel good because if they're interested and I serve it in a way that feels good to them, it's a no-brainer, right? And so what had happened was I was selling an email marketing course And I knew very quickly that I needed to pivot and specialize on personality quizzes just because, you know, my quiz was getting shared. It had high conversion. The Interact, the quiz platform reached out to me like, what are you doing? They ended up signing me on as a strategic partner with them. So very soon after I launched my email marketing course, I ended up pivoting into really being a personality expert and um, helping entrepreneurs like you, coaches and course creators as well. Uh, create a lead magnet that was a personality quiz for their business to generate and attract the right leads for their business. Yeah. And I love how we connected and, you know, how Leo, my podcast producer, you put us together. You helped me put my quiz together, my gratitude personality quiz, Leah's podcast personality quiz. And we can talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes. I really want to jump into your story with the thyroid cancer. I only know bits and pieces of what you've shared, you know, so I don't know the whole story, but I do know that your story is very important in terms of advocating for yourself and the journey that you've been on. So why don't you share a little bit about, first of all, how are you doing? And then share a little bit about this journey. Yeah. So it's a pretty recent diagnosis. It happened March, I think, 13th, 2023 is when I officially found out. But um, the symptoms started, you know, I was thinking about that this morning. They probably started two years before I realized it. And so I had a nodule in my throat and I was aware of it. That had happened in 2019. My OBGYN noticed it. And then she had me get an ultrasound. I did a biopsy. At that time, it was not cancerous. But a couple years go by and, you know, I had COVID last summer too. And so I thought maybe I had long COVID because when I went to my dentist in the fall of last year, my gums were bleeding to the point that they were like, you have gum disease. And I was like, no, I don't. Because I actually used to be in dental sales after I transitioned out of dermatology sales, my company got bought and I got replaced on a dental team. And I know it's really important to floss your teeth every day and to brush your teeth twice a day. So I was like, there's no way I have gum disease. I am on it when it comes to my, you know, hygiene in my mouth. And she noticed that the bleeding 
And the swelling was actually not by the gum line where your teeth are. It was actually below. And so she thought that was really interesting. It, it was around the time where I was just really fatigued. I was having memory loss. It was just a lot of symptoms. And so I finally went to my primary care doctor and was like, let's take a look at everything. And even in my blood work, it was coming back inflammation, which was showing inflammation in the gums. And by the end of December, I had already had another ultrasound done on the nodule. And it was at 4.2 centimeters at this point, where it was only one centimeter when we first found out. So it wow. So it really grew. Obviously grew. Right. <laughs> and when I went in to see my surgeon, he actually did an ultrasound in there, didn't think it was cancer, but says, you know, you just never know. 15% of these actually turn into cancer. So he recommended I get half my thyroid taken out along with the nodule. And then they tested it because, you know, what's interesting is sometimes when they do the biopsy, there are cancer cells, but they didn't get them. Oh, they didn't okay. get the specific cancer cells. So unless you pull the whole thing out and test it. So that's why I went ahead and just had it removed because I was having memory loss, like fatigue. And I so I knew it was bothering me already. So I'm like, let's get this out. Found out in March it was cancer. And so I had another surgery on April 19th to remove the rest of the thyroid and it was after that surgery that things sort of took a turn for the worst. <laughs> and they always say that thyroid cancer is the best cancer to have. Right. I've heard that. I'm like, okay, first of all, no cancer is the best cancer to have. Yeah. It's interesting. So I was like, okay, I have the best cancer. And the reason why they say this is very fascinating. But when they take the thyroid out and typically they treat you with radioactive iodine, which is I'm going to have to do in August. So I haven't gotten to that point yet. So I'm in the middle of my cancer journey right now. But once they starve your body from the iodine and then they give you radioactive iodine, your body eats it up. And within six months, it kills the rest of the cancer cells. And so they would love to replicate this type of treatment for all cancers. Because it typically, were, I mean, their organs removed, the rest of the cells die out. Um, so that's why it's mm. it's one of those cancers that rarely comes back. And that's why they say it's the best. Interesting. I actually never knew that. That's really interesting to know. Yeah, I didn't either, actually. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, because when I got my call from my doctor and, you know, with, with the breast cancer, he's like, but, you know, don't worry, it's the good kind. I'm like, is there a good kind of breast cancer? Like, what is this? <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, it just seems kind of awkward that they say that, but it makes sense in terms of maybe they should say it's very treatable. Yeah, exactly. Like it's the best cancer to get. And so I kept telling everyone, yeah. like, I'm fine. It's the best cancer to get. But then there's the complications that happen during surgery. And mm. that's what I hit. I was like the one person that they've never had in their practice ever get this situation, right? I felt like they were not sure how to treat it. There were several things that happened after the April 19th surgery. And one of the things that happened was as soon as I woke up from surgery, I actually had a panic attack because I couldn't breathe very well. Oh, and wow. I thought that was weird. And I've never had a panic attack in my life. And my voice was gone. So I really couldn't talk either for a couple of days. I think it was a good two to three days before I could actually get my voice back to even tell someone that I thought something was wrong. So wait, so you woke up, you had a feeling like panic attack. You can't talk. They sent you home. Right. So you're not even in the hospital under care. They sent me home the right. next day. So were you just like scared to death at this point? Not at this point because okay. things started to get worse. 
Okay. And so when I got home, I still couldn't talk very well. So my surgery was on a Tuesday. By Saturday, I was able to talk a little bit. This is where I was like, oh, things aren't right because I was having shortness of breath. I didn't have the stamina to talk. And it was really affecting my breathing, which was quite scary. And I started to Google and it was like blood clot. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that could kill me. So I contacted the on-call doctor and he sort of gaslighted me. It's the typical like women aren't really being seen and heard. I think also a lot of times doctors get people to call in because they did Google something. And so it was very dismissive response that I received where he was saying, you know, I don't hear you gasping for breath. And in that moment, it was 10 o'clock at night on a Saturday night. I had arranged for my neighbor to look after Liam. I had everything ready to go to the hospital. I expected him to say to go to the ER, and he didn't. And so he was like, I don't hear you gasping for breath. And so I was questioning my reality, you know? Mm. After that call with him, I went into a four-hour panic attack. Again, second panic attack. Never had a panic attack in my life. And it lasted for four hours. And I don't think I went to bed till 2 a.m. Because it was like, I remember not being able to settle down because I was scared to go to sleep because I thought it was a blood clot. And I was like, nobody, you know, nobody's listening to me. Right. And so I was scared. Then on Sunday, I just laid low. I didn't talk at all. People were saying, I think it was because of the breathing tube. Your breathing is messed up because of the breathing tube. You know, it's really harsh when it goes in and out and your body can't breathe and We're breathing for you. And so that's what it is. That's kind of like what they chalked it up to be. You know what's interesting? I really want to stop here because I think you really hit the nail on the head is when something happens, your brain, I think, logically goes to that place of, oh, this must be why, right? Versus I know something's wrong with me, but your brain's battling on the other side like, oh, no, it's this and it's this. And you know, people said, well, because of this. And then you kind of start going down that path of logically explaining your way out of it. And then the doctor, right? And you talk to the doctor with the side of something's wrong with me, but then the doctor's also over here, you know, kind of explaining things or gaslighting. And then then the logical brain just takes over like, you know, and I think it's a dismissiveness of like our brain just takes over Mm -hmm. and tries to make logic of it and, you know, helps us to like be in the place where we're not able to make good decisions at this point. Like our amygdala just takes over and helps us to be in that place of, I'm not thinking clearly right now. And you've got all of these forces inside and outside of your head. And just brought up a good point is like kind of putting the pieces together of a lot of things that I hear in my community. It's not just, oh, the doctor's gaslighting me. It's everything else around it that I think creates that Mm -hmm. situation too. And I think sharing your story is really helping to bring light to this. Right. And I'll tell you, even my husband was like thinking you're probably fine, Mm. you know, because we'd called another friend who was a physician and she was doing the same thing. Like it's probably, you know, just the roughness of what happened in your throat. Like you're probably fine. And so, you know, I'm like thinking to myself, I've been in my body for 43 years. Right. Something's wrong. Right. (laughs) Something's wrong. And I just want to take a moment here and just remind women a couple of things, actually, that you know you've lived in your body. And when something's wrong, you got to be an advocate for yourself and you've got to push it to people 
and keep letting them know, keep speaking up. Because if you don't speak up, then no one's going to listen, right? And right. so the story continues where I I keep getting like sort of gaslighted or like, you know, shut down. And I'll get to that in a minute. But I do want to tell you real quick, do you remember that story with Serena Williams and how she gave birth and she had a blood clot? I don't know if you... I don't remember. Yeah. So because of her story, I remember I watched, I think it was the Netflix documentary about her or it was some article that I had read. But I remember reading or hearing about her story when she gave birth. She thought she had a blood clot. And she kept telling the doctors, I have a blood clot. I know my body. I'm susceptible to these. And they kept dismissing her too. And her husband, I think, is a billionaire. And so if the greatest of all time, Dennis right. Blade, is getting gaslighted, right. you, know, you probably are too if in your own situation. So I remember her story. And I was thinking she had to be an advocate for herself. So I think this is a situation where I need to keep pushing the issue. But on that Sunday, I just tried to like just relax. You know, I don't know what happened, but I'm going to be okay and I'll be fine. I'll just get to tomorrow. But come Monday is when I really was like, I think this is a blood clot. I'm having shortness of breath. Things are not getting better. And the more I was reading about it, I'm like, this is a blood clot. And so I took myself to the ER, which is five minutes away. And they got me back there right away. Like when I said I'm having trouble breathing, like they were like, okay, they got me back there. They hooked me up. I was stable. I was getting 100% oxygen. And they did a CT scan, okay? But when I told them I thought it was a blood clot, the typical blood clots that happened are in your lung, your heart, and your legs after surgery. So when they did the CT scan, they didn't scan my neck where the surgery Mm. occurred. And I remember that they didn't scan my neck because the next scan came the next day, which was different than what I had. So the way they did the scan, I remember it was like my trunk of my body down to my legs. And they said, no blood clot. You're good. Go home. And I'm thinking, all right, I'll go home. And I just remember thinking like, I still don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to do because there's something wrong. Right. And then that next morning, it was a week after my second surgery on April 19th. It was April 25th. And I woke up with the most excruciating pain. And I remember thinking, I'm going to the ER. Yes. <laughs> but first I need to make lunch for Liam and get him out of the house. So as a mother, right, I go downstairs. I'm making lunch as fast as possible. I'm in horrible pain. And when I look in the mirror, I see my neck just swelling, 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 (sighs) and I'm like, something's terribly wrong. And within minutes, it's swelling, swelling, swelling. Like, it's really bad. And I can't even brush my teeth or change my clothes before I tell my husband, you got to take me to the ER, like now, like something's wrong. And the entire ride there, I was in excruciating pain. And it's so good. It was only five minutes away, too. Yes. And then they got me back right away. Everything was fine. But get this. The ER doctor took a picture of my neck and it looked bad. And he sends it to my surgeon and he says, I think she's having an allergic reaction. I am like, I am absolutely 110% not having an allergic reaction. And you guys are going to do a CT scan in my neck because there is a blood clot. (laughs) I kept saying. And so even my own surgeon tried to just say, he told the ER doctor to take the stereo strip off and send me home. (sighs) 
And then the ER doctor said, you know what? He's like, I don't feel comfortable. I think something's wrong too. And I figured you would want to advocate to get the CT scan, scan done again. I said, yes. So I do another scan and he comes back pretty quickly and he's like, well, there's a hematoma. There's a blood clot that occurred above the surgery line. There it is, the blood clot, right? And I will tell you, I looked so bad that morning because my husband, he's not very emotional. He's not very like, you know, I don't know why and it's fine. He's just not. But he dropped my son off at school and he walked back into that ER room, no problem, and was there with me the entire day. I had to ride in an ambulance from one hospital to the other for emergency surgery. And he was there the entire day, canceled all his calls. I mean, I knew that he was probably scared. And I do think that I was in a situation where I could have died. Like, I'm not kidding. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. And I didn't want to ask the doctors. I knew they were bad. And I knew what I was looking at and how I was feeling. It was bad. And the fact that they... They finally caught it and they, I was, you know, going to have an emergency surgery at this point. I was like, this is not great, you know? So I was really scared. And it's just, you know, after the surgery, you know, I go from one hospital to the other and I've never ridden in an ambulance in my life. And it's funny when you're little, you're like, oh, that would be cool. Like you think you're going to break your leg maybe or whatever. And I'm going to the hospital thinking, this is not cool. (laughs) Wow. This is crazy, you know? And so I get to the hospital. The uh, ambulance drivers were so great. They were telling me stories and just, you know, happy-go-lucky people. They rolled me into the hospital. I was rolled straight into surgery. And my surgeon was like, you're right. There's a blood clot. We're going to do an emergency evacuation now. I woke up from surgery. And when he came in, he said, you have yourself to thank for this because no one was listening to you. Wow. Wow. So how did you even feel at that point? Like, I mean, were you relieved? Were you angry? Were you, where were your emotions at that point? Well, when I was in the ambulance, I was scared. Yeah. And after I woke up, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, like I feel better finally. Like I could tell there was a difference. Yeah. And when he said, you have yourself to thank, I was kind of like, I told you so. Yeah. And then I said, I don't understand why you guys didn't do a CT scan in the surgery area in the neck. And he actually lied to me. He said, we did. And I asked the PA on a separate visit when the PA was just with me. I said, did they do the CT scan on that Saturday with my neck? And he said, no. I said, I didn't think so. So, I mean, even the doctor like lied about like, yes, we did. We didn't. You know what I mean? Now, in hindsight, I've thought about this. I get why they didn't do the neck at the time. Typical uh, blood clots do happen in the heart, the lung, and the legs. But what blows my mind is why wouldn't they look at the surgery site? Right. What had happened was like it was a one-off situation where a vein above the surgery just kind of had a superficial hole, and it just started to drip. And then it collected the blood, which caused the blood clot, which caused the whole thing to collapse, you know. And so I see what happened. And so I technically, I don't think I could sue them for it because they were following what they thought was the best practice. But I'm just grateful for the people at the ER, the doctor at the ER who listened to me. Um, But I was really mad. And I did write a letter to let them know that I felt like they gaslighted me. And specifically to the on-call doctor. Yeah. And I was going to say, you actually shared that letter. Did you share it on social media? I shared it in an email. Yeah. Because I remember seeing that. And I was like, good for you. <laughs> like, not just, 
you know, sharing what you've been through, but then sharing that letter too, like that is powerful. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Holly here. And if you've been feeling burned out, stressed out, and weighed down, and if the thought of another diet or workout plan is creating even more stress, I'd like to offer you a different solution. You see, we think that getting healthy means going on some crazy diet or restrictive protocol or even spending hours in the gym. And I'm here to tell you, it's not about losing weight. It's about losing the weight of the world on your shoulders. So rather than having you try to figure this out for yourself, I've put together a five-episode private podcast training series to help you get started with your very own comeback experience. The private podcast training series, it's totally free, and I'm doing something that I have never done before. In episode five, you're going to walk away with an assessment to determine your health as it relates to energy levels, sleep, metabolic health, and weight. And when you submit your assessment, you can schedule a free coaching session with me to personally review your results, and I will help you to develop your game plan going forward. Totally free, no strings attached. And I'm not sure how long I'm going to offer this complimentary and personalized coaching for you. So go to podcastholly.com. That's podcastholly.com to download this series. It's totally free. And then make sure you submit your assessment for your complimentary and personalized health review and game plan. I'll see you over at podcastholly.com. And the reason why I shared the letter goes back to Serena Williams. I figured if there was anybody else that was ever in my situation where they felt like they were getting gaslighted, one, I wanted them to know about it. Like it happens and it happened to me and it happens to women very often. It actually happens to men too. At Liam's soccer practice, talking to a male parent and he was telling me he's currently going through a situation where he's getting gaslighted as well. And he's like, I know my body. I know something's wrong. So it does happen to men too, but I think it happens to women. Like the percentages are very high for us not to be seen and heard. And so I want to be an advocate for women to let them know if you find yourself in that situation, you have to speak up. You have to do whatever you can to say something's wrong and keep agitating them, you know, until they make it right. Now, the other thing is, is I actually used ChatGPT to help write that letter because I wasn't sure. I've never written a letter like that before. So I want to share this tip because I've used ChatGPT a couple times now and I wrote out what I wanted to share. And I said, can you rewrite this into a letter where I want to share with, you know what I mean? So I kind of prompted it to be more empathetic, be more impactful, like more compelling. And within five minutes, I had that letter written because I didn't want to stop myself from speaking up by being held back on what do I write? How do I say what I need to say, right? And so within five minutes, that block was gone and I had an incredible letter and I walked it right in to the doctor's office and delivered it to the surgeon that owns the practice. (laughs) Wow. So you actually hand-delivered it. Yeah, I hand-delivered it because I wanted to make sure there was record of that doctor gaslighting individuals because I thought it was wrong that he didn't treat me like his own patient. Right. Wow. Oh, my goodness, Linda. So how are you doing today? After the uh, hematoma, like a day after I actually had fluid go into the neck area, and what happens with 
cancer patients typically is when you remove an organ, the body's like, that's weird. So Mm. it wants to put fluid in there. This happens with breast cancer. And I don't think it happens that often with thyroid, but it obviously happened to me. And so it filled back up again with fluid. And so I'm still, this surgery was in April and I'm still trying to get the fluid. You could probably see right here. The fluid is still there and it can last up to a year. And I'm grateful because there was a lot of fluid there, which was still causing the shortness of breath. And I didn't have the stamina to talk for a while. That didn't happen until about six weeks after my emergency surgery that I had the stamina to talk for like 45 minutes straight. Wow. Um, So I was having a real hard time like speaking. I was having a hard time breathing. And so I just realized, you know, I had to really surrender and take care of my own health. And then I found out shortly after that that I still have the cancer cells in my body, which means the radioactive iodine treatment has to occur. And I'll have to do two and a half weeks of a low iodine diet. And then I'll be in and out of the hospital. What they'll do is I'll do some scans. I'll do some blood work. They're going to be doing some injections for my body to prep me for the treatment And then they're going to try to determine my dose of radioactive iodine. And then on August 30th, I get the dose. And then I'm five days into isolation because I can't be around people. Oh, right, right. I can't be around kids. I can't be around dogs. So I still have to undergo that. But I do feel like the worst is behind me. And I definitely think I was gifted with a new perspective. You know, here's what's sad is you come into this world with your first breath. Yeah. You leave this world with your last breath. Right. And it's something you like take for granted every day is to breathe. And so there were times where I was like, oh my gosh, I never want to take this for granted ever again, especially when I wasn't sure if I was like, could this be it? You know what I mean? Right. When I was in the emergency room. Um, and I did Google a couple of weeks ago if people died. I put in like thyroid cancer surgery, hematoma throat, you know, around the throat. And sure enough, people have passed away in my situation. I was just really lucky that for some reason I was stable. I was in the right place and the blood wasn't affecting my breathing. I was getting 100% oxygen up until from one hospital to the other. So I was really lucky. Wow. Linda, your story is absolutely incredible. I'm sorry that you had to go through all of that. And the irony of you know, losing your voice physically, but then not having that voice in your treatment and finding your voice again, and then being a voice for others is so poignant, so absolutely poignant. And I know that your story has a purpose and I'm getting a little choked up. (laughs) I know that your story has a purpose. And the stuff that we go through I wouldn't wish on anyone, but the strength that we have on the other side to share with others is why we do what we do. So thank you. Well, I think there's certain people in this life that go through, now I'm getting through, that go through really hard things. Yeah. And I think it's because, well, for two reasons. One, because again, it builds fortitude. It yeah. also builds resilience. It builds grit. And, you know, the harder your struggles are, the easier it is to overcome hard things in the future because you're just so used to getting knocked down and getting back up. There is actually a quote from Serena Williams again, but I don't think she was the original one who quoted it, but I love it. And it is fall down seven times, but get up eight. Mm, I love that. 
And it's also could relate to business. Like how many times have you failed? How many times have yeah. you been knocked down? So it doesn't matter what your hard looks like. It could be hard health-wise. It could be hard business-wise. It could be hard personal-wise. But the matter is, you know, you get knocked down, you get back up. And so that's the takeaway. Yeah. The other takeaway too, I think from this is a gift of a different perspective in life. Yeah. And I will tell you, you know, when I was like, okay, this could be it. And then I'm thinking, but there's so much stuff that I wanted to do. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so I don't ever want to be in the situation where I'm in that situation again, where I'm thinking I'm going to die with things that are left in my heart. Right. And so I am going to actually start living out my bucket list and be a little bit more intentional. And the coolest thing I have to share with you, last week, I went to the San Juan Islands and the number one thing I wanted to do was to see an orca whale forever. I've wanted this for years, Holly. And I've gone to the, you know, to California, I've done whale watching tours. I've gone up and down hikes on different vantage points where you can see the whales and the San Juan Islands. I've sailed the Puget Sound where apparently they're at, you know. Um, I have tried to put myself in these situations. And then finally for my birthday this year, I told my husband, I really want to do a whale watching tour and I want to go to the San Juan Islands during, you know, June to September where the whales are actually present. I want to make sure I see them. And we did the whale watching tour last Tuesday in the San Juan Islands. And uh, they got word that there was whales in the area. And we actually had to ride all the way to Canada. So we crossed the border and we went into Canada waters. And there they were. It was the transit whales. It was wow. the orca whales. It was a family of four that we got to see. Huge fin of the male, which was really cool. And now, sadly, I would have preferred... <laughs> To see the um, resident whales here in Seattle, yeah. there's the J, the L, and the K pod whales that I am very emotionally attached to. I've read stories about them. Like, I absolutely love them. But that'll just give me another reason to go back. But I did get to see the transit orca whales that were there as well. And then the coolest thing, actually, that stole the show was there was a humpback on the way home. So we turned the boat around and we were headed back to san juan islands and the coolest thing was is there was a massive humpback whale and it came out of the water and we saw the tail and that thing was the size of a school bus oh my goodness and it was so cool because it was so big and we were actually really close to it and that was really impactful too and apparently the humpback whales haven't been in that area and so the fact that they're coming back, they're calling it the humpback comeback. I love that. Um, but that's really <laughs> exciting. And it was an incredible trip. And I could tell from the buzz of the boat that like we nailed it. We had a really good day out on the water. And just being on other tours, I usually get a ticket, like a ticket to come back mm -hmm. because we didn't get to see it. <laughs> and so I'm also going to be going to Italy and Iceland this summer. We're taking 14 days with Liam, my husband and I. And we're going to the Blue Lagoon. I mean, I'm talking about this is a different perspective of life. I love this. Yes. Go do the things that are on your bucket list because you really never know how much time you have. Oh, my goodness, Linda. I love this. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I was like living vicariously, like watching the whales and just kind of imagining them in my head. Thank you so much for sharing all of that perspective. I do have a couple questions that I want to ask you to just kind of wrap this up and talk a little bit more about, to kind of finish things up with your story, 
But before I do that, I want to make sure that everyone can connect with you because you helped me to create my gratitude quiz, which is amazing. And then also, not just from the quiz perspective, but then realizing being able to help individuals with their different personalities, even the way that I teach and I coach, because we all have different ways. Like I always like to say to meet gratitude where gratitude is at and to let gratitude meet you where you're at. And part of that has to do with the personality. And that's why I'm just so grateful for you to have introduced me to the quiz, to be able to share that quiz with my community. And like I said, Leah, my podcast producer, who's producing all of these episodes, you introduced us and then she has an amazing quiz. So can you share a little bit more about you know, your quiz and how people can find you and where you are and how they can connect and everything like that? And then we'll get into a few final questions. Yes, you bet. And so that's what's fascinating is usually people want to know more about themselves. And so they're drawn to taking personality quizzes. And really, it's because people want to feel liked. They want to find their community, their pod, per se, take a spin on the orcas. They're always looking, you know, for connection and purpose. And how can I, you know, find out more about myself? And so that's what's so fascinating about quizzes. And so the quiz I've created for usually my ideal client is coaches and course creators. And so this quiz was created. It's what's your quiz to cash strategy. And so really it was a way for me to share my passion and turn it into a profit. And because I know a lot of people are passionate about personality assessments too, how they can incorporate their passion and turn it into a profit too. And so if you take what's your quiz to cash strategy, you're going to get a strategy based on your personality on how to create a quiz and then the strategy that you need to follow to sell to your audience and to start creating an income for your business. And so you can find that on my website. It's www.lindasadu.com backslash quiz to cash and take that quiz. And in there, it's a lot of juicy information. And the welcome series is loaded full of incredible things like I gift my favorite subject lines. It's just chock full of going deeper with learning more about what personality quizzes can do for you and your business. Oh, I love this. Thank you for sharing. And we'll have the links to everything in the show notes as well. And then where on social media do you hang out that people can find you? So after you take the quiz, there will be at the bottom of the result page should be an invite to the Facebook group. And you're part of my Facebook group as well. And if you're looking for Facebook, just, you know, off the cuff, it's quiz creators and you can join the Facebook group. That's where I show up most. And you can also find me on Instagram if you prefer Instagram at at Linda underscore Sidhu underscore quizzes. Awesome. Thank you, Linda. And I want to make sure that everyone connects with you after this episode. And, you know, even if they're not interested in the quiz, just to say hello and share how much your story meant to them. So if you're listening, I really encourage you to to connect with Linda after this episode. And then I really want to ask, I mean, we talked about the gaslighting and the advocacy. What is your number one piece of advice for someone who's out there who really may be unsure about their treatment. Yeah, you know what's interesting is, you know, my parents didn't really know what was wrong and they were too far away to help. But two of the people that I was really trying to contact was one of my really good friends who was a doctor. I'm like, what could be wrong? Like, why is this happening? 
Now, granted, she doesn't specialize in cancer. She's a pediatrician. And so she was almost like treating me like I was a child with croup. Mm. She's like, well, you know, maybe like turn on the shower. You know, she didn't really understand or know what to do, but she was trying to help. My husband, too, I could tell he was concerned, but he, too, didn't really know what to do. And so really the best thing was to call the doctor, call the on-call doctor, and to really speak to somebody that knows how to help you and how to treat you. And so that's when I went to the on-call doctor. Now, my advice would be if you know a friend or if you know of anyone else that could put you in touch with a different perspective if you're not hearing what you want to hear, but definitely try to go to the right people that would be able to tell you what's wrong. I think that was part of my problem was like I didn't know where to go. And then the one person I thought, okay, it makes sense to go to this on-call doctor he too sort of just like gaslighted me and was like, you're fine. You know what I right, mean? Right, right. And so I didn't really have anywhere else to go to. And I wish I would have had that. I did end up like in hindsight now, I'm thinking I had a friend who told me one of my good friends is an um, endocrinologist that can help you at any time. Please let me know. And I honestly, I probably should have reached out to that friend, but I didn't even think about it. You know what I mean? But have a backup, like somebody else that you could talk to that knows that area to help treat you if something's going wrong. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I know that you shared, you know, about the bucket list and what's your approach to life now that's a little bit different? Like what's your mental resilience? What's your fortitude? And kind of what's your next level at this point? Yeah, you know, I think I'm still sitting in the mess right now to like think about like next level. Like I think I'm just – really surrendering to what's the richness I can find right now? What can I be grateful for in these Mm. moments? Because there's so much richness and just being quiet. Yeah. And so I'm sort of like leaning into that. And I think from there, things will propel forward. But for now, you know, I haven't gotten rid of cancer. I still have to have the cancer treatment plan that's going to be at the end of August. And yeah, I think I just kind of have to sit with this. Yeah before I realize like what's the next steps, I guess. And I'm okay with that because there is no business if you don't have your health. And so it's really important. And I'm even just thinking today, like I really want to start making healthier food. I want to make the time for it. I bought a new cookbook and I'm trying to get inspired by just slowing down and doing the things to like heal my body, you know, exercise, drink water, eat healthy, spend the time with the people that I love most, but most importantly, not taking too much on, just really living present and taking the time to do what matters most. I love that. And I love how we're ending on that. Take the time to do what matters most. So thank you, Linda, for your time being here on the Gratitude Builds Fortitude podcast. You've been such a great business friend, such a great personal friend. And I just really appreciate you sharing your story, you know, still while you're in the middle of it and to be that voice for those who haven't been able to find theirs yet. So I really, really appreciate your time. Absolutely. I was happy to be here. Thank you for having me on here. And hopefully some of your audience feels that there's some takeaways or maybe something that they'll have in their back pocket if and when they are in a situation where they need to be an advocate for themselves too. Yeah. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Gratitude Builds Fortitude podcast. When you're listening, be sure to tap the follow button so you can listen to the episodes and hit those five stars. Leave us a great review. 
and I will be grateful for that. So thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you next week. Hey, it's Holly here. And if you've been feeling burned out, stressed out and weighed down, and if the thought of another diet or workout plan is creating even more stress, I'd like to offer you a different solution. You see, we think that getting healthy means going on some crazy diet or restrictive protocol or even spending hours in the gym. And I'm here to tell you, it's not about losing weight. It's about losing the weight of the world on your shoulders. So rather than having you try to figure this out for yourself, I've put together a five-episode private podcast training series to help you get started with your very own comeback experience. The private podcast training series, it's totally free, and I'm doing something that I have never done before. In episode five, you're going to walk away with an assessment to determine your health as it relates to energy levels, sleep, metabolic health, and weight. And when you submit your assessment, you can schedule a free coaching session with me to personally review your results, and I will help you to develop your game plan going forward. Totally free, no strings attached. And I'm not sure how long I'm going to offer this complimentary and personalized coaching for you. So go to podcastholly.com. That's podcastholly.com to download this series. It's totally free. And then make sure you submit your assessment for your complimentary and personalized health review and game plan. I'll see you over at podcastholly.com.